Praise the Lord. I didn't have to preach after that choir. I was trying to get my breath. Amen. <laughs> I've seen some miracles before, but Brother Allen, this is a miracle. I saw you yesterday on a gypsy bus uh, in a foreign country. And here he is this morning sitting here. Praise a quick trip, amen. Brother Jonah and Brittany, hey, it's so great to see you guys from Alaska. Isn't it great to be in the house of the Lord? I hope you'll say that when we're through. <laughs> Miss Gracie, man, praise the Lord. Mm. Well, turn if you would to Matthew. I hope I've not missed God. Uh, Matthew chapter 14 this morning. I was going to preach. I've got about four sermons, but we've got to move quick because the kids are going to be in here. I was going to preach on she did what she could, and then uh, Brother Steve sang that song, uh, Empty and Poured Out, that goes along with that. May have to sing that again next week. I don't know. Uh, but I hope I'm, I'm where God wants me to be this morning. Matthew chapter 14. Beginning in verse 22, would you stand please, honor of God's holy, inspired, inerrant, all-sufficient word. The Bible says, Matthew 14, 22, straightway, Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before them unto the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray and when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, walking on the sea. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, it's a spirit. And they cried out for fear, but straightway, Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer. It is I. Be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him, said unto him, O thou little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? And when they were coming to the ship, the wind ceased. And then they that were in the ship came and worshiped him, saying of a truth, Thou art the Son of God. Father, thank you this morning for your redeeming love. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that thou art the Son of God. And we're not here just to encourage each other. We're here to worship the King of kings and Lord of lords. And we thank you and praise you for all you've done, what you're doing. And Lord, in our church's life right now, we need a miracle. And Lord, we've never seen a miracle like we need right now. But God, I'm expecting you to do it. Counting on you, Lord. It's not going to be us. It's going to be you. And I praise your holy name. Help me to preach that men might not see me, but see and hear you high and lifted up. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. I love the Wisnets. It's one of my favorite families. I've known them for years. Not only are they great singers and musicians, but they live what they sing. I've watched them go through cancer, and I've watched them go through different troubles and trials in their life. And they sing one of my favorite songs. The verse says, rocked by waves and howling winds and the storm that threatened them, the disciples sailed on a boat to Galilee. And they were tired and full of fright. They had fought the storm all night. Then the master came a-walking on the sea. I love this chorus. Be not afraid, for it is I in the fourth watch of the night. You've fought and you've prayed, but I'm here and it's all right. The storm will rage, the winds will blow, but they're under my control. It won't be long till morning breaks. Be not afraid. Jesus and his disciples, each of these men, these 12 men, he called them out. And uh, it's a simple invitation. Uh, they had no idea what they were getting ready to go through. They didn't know what they were going to see. They wouldn't know what they were going to experience. He simply walked by them and said, follow me. And they left all and followed him. Follow me, what an invitation. They made the right choice. And for the next several years, they would watch this man heal sickness, cast out devils, cure diseases, They'd watch a lunatic be given back his right mind. A man sick of the palsy would be given his life back. There they were doing nothing and seeing him do everything. And, and then earlier on in Matthew 14, they watched him take a little boy's lunch, five loaves and two fishes. And they watched him bless it. And then they watched him break it. And then they watched him feed the multitudes. You say, preacher, what's that a big deal about? Well, my soul, there were 5,000 men, not counting women and children. You know, sometimes we've read the Bible so much that we've familiarized our with it that it doesn't seem like it's a big deal. Brother, it's a big deal when you can take five loaves and two fishes and feed 15 or 20,000 people and have leftovers at the end of the day. It's a big deal. And then he sends his disciples away on a ship just having done this great thing. They're on this boat. The winds are tumbling. The waves are rising up. They're in the midst of something that they're not expecting. They're not enjoying this trip right now. They're not controlling it. They're scared to death. They're terrified, yet they're right where he sent them. They're right where he told them to go. It looks like they're not gonna make it, but then he showed up. In the fourth watch, now the Romans divided the watches into four different sets, so we're talking about between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m. The waves, it's dark, you can't see a thing, they're terrified, and he shows up, but they don't know it's him. My goodness, have mercy. They said, it's a ghost. We're not only gonna die here, they've sent a ghost out here to torment us. And then he shows up. Hmm. He identifies himself. He said, I'm not crazy. I'm not some ghost. I'm not some figment of, of your imagination. I'm the king of kings, the Lord of lords, your master. Here I am. And then something happened that's never happened before in the Bible. 
while Jesus was walking on water. That's another one of them wow moments. Folk don't walk on water. While Jesus was walking on the water, one of the 12 thinks to himself, I want some of that. I want some of that. I want in on that. I know it's not going to be my own strength. I know that I can't do it because I practiced. I, I know I'm not good at it. I've never walked on water. I know I'm not one of the favorite of the 12. I know I'm not more qualified. I know I don't come from better stock. But maybe, just maybe, this man who's walking on the water, who can do all things, who was and is and shall always be, maybe this man who's walking on the water will let me get in on it. <laughs> maybe he'll let me have a part of it. In the middle of the storm, the fourth night of the watch, probably Arguably one of the lowest points in the life of Peter suddenly becomes the greatest feat that he's ever done. Wow. I think Jesus is wanting them to know and wanting us to know that regardless of the storm, regardless how deep it gets, regardless how dark it's gotten, regardless how despondent people are or how the situation works, I'm here. I'm not only here, but I'm a big God. I'm not only here and a big God, I'm a good God. But I'm not only a good God and a great God, I'm a good God who lets you get in on great things. He wants us to be a part of it too. I'm burdened about this for our church and our churches around us. I know most of us in this place are saved by the blood of Jesus. I realize that. And I praise God for that. Maybe you're here today and you're not. I want to tell you, you don't have to be walking out the door until you get that straight. You need to get that straight. But most of us in this place are probably saved. We've said yes to Jesus. We believe in the cross. Jesus died on the cross. He bled and died for our sin. We believe that in three days he arose. We believe we're saved by grace. And let me tell you, the word of God says nothing can separate you from the love of God. The word of God in John 10, 28 says nothing can pluck you out of the hands of our Father. But in the fourth hour of the night, it's dark. It's about as dark, I mean, it's not about, it's darker than I have ever seen it before in my life. Not only in our country, not only in this world. Let me just tell you, I know I'm just an old country preacher. But you don't shut down a city of 11 million people because 200 people caught a virus. It's dark. It's not only dark in our world, it's dark in most of our churches. The storms are coming like never before. The devil is a liar. The flesh is wicked. The world is contrary, moving everywhere. We know we're saved. We know we're going to heaven. But in the midst of our present circumstances, let's be gut level honest. It looks like we ain't going to make it. It looks like we're going under. It looks like that some of this stuff is just too big for us to face including this building for eternity. Now, I'm going to 
insert that several times. If you're visiting, I don't normally preach about money, very seldom. But I want to tell you, we need a miracle in this church. We need a million and a half by the end of June. <gasps> Amen? Now, you say, well, we can't do that. Peter couldn't walk on water either. But he did. When, uh, <laughs> I just want to remind you that not just before the storm and not just after the storm, but our Lord is with us in the middle of the storm. I surrendered to the ministry in 1971. Had a tremendous youth choir, was just blessed with it. Brother Dale, in 71, a song came out. We immediately sang it. Here comes Jesus. See him walking on the water. He'll lift you up and he'll help you to stand. Oh, here comes Jesus. He's the master of the waves that roll. Here comes Jesus. Let him take your hand. Whew. I wonder, I just wonder in this congregation this morning, if there's not a boy or a girl or a young person or a college person or a young adult, single or married, who would just say this morning, Preacher, I, I'm tired of just sitting in the boat. I, I, I tell you, I'm tired of listening to the stories of what we used to do. I'm tired of the status quo. I'm tired of being one of the crowd. I'm tired of the running the mill, old hat Christianity. Maybe that Savior who's walking on the water today would let me get in on it. Is there anybody here that would say, I want me some of that? Now, what is that? That is what you can't do without him. That's what that is. You can't do it without him. We're living in last days. It's the fourth watch of the night. The darkness never scared Jesus. And the darkness never limited Jesus. Somebody in this place today ought to be tired of living the same old, same old, punching the clock, picking up the Bible because you know folk are going to be looking at you, uh, sitting in church because you know you ought to, showing up, going through the same routine. In 2020, I want to pastor in a realm I've never pastored before. I want to be a husband like I've never been before. I want to lead like I've never led before. I want me some of that. I pray there's more folk in this place that would say, preacher, I want some of that. Well, if you want some of that, let me tell you what it's going to take. <laughs> Number one, it's going to take a passion on our part to want some of that. Could I be just gut level honest with you this morning? I'll tell you why most Christians aren't doing more. They don't want it. Now, that would have been a good place to holler, oh, me. Most of us, it's not because it's 2020. It's not because my candidate didn't get in office. However, we need to pray seriously about these elections and who's running for these elections. I don't want to be real ugly, and I wouldn't tell you who to vote for, but I want to tell you right now, 
I'm praying, oh, God raises up some men and women with integrity that will not just cater to one group, but will reach out to everybody. And I know this thing going out live, and I know I'm going to catch it this week, but I'm going to tell you, we're living in a city where the pastor of this church tried to meet with the mayor three times just for 10 minutes. Could not do it. Could not do it. Could not do it. I'm telling you, we need, it's not so much our president and our congressman. I'm talking about we need some folk right here in town that know the Lord and that believe in integrity. And I won't charge you for that. Let me get on. That's not the reason we're not doing more. It's not because we're in a postmodern age. It's not because sin is rampant. It's not because Christians are being persecuted. It's not because my husband won't let me. And it's not because my wife won't follow me. It's not because my kids stress me out. It's not because my job is too demanding or my money is too limited or my friends. No, 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 no. What's causing us to not do more is we don't want to do more. We don't want to do it. And if you want to get out of the boat, listen, could I remind you there are 12 men in that boat and only one stood up. Twelve men in that boat, only one stood up. You said, well, preacher, I'd never be able to do anything like that. I'm just not that kind of Christian. Well, you won't ever be as long as you're sitting around telling yourself you're not. You've got to want to be. Oh, dear God, would you give us one of these young people in this church who will stand up and say, I want to be different. We're living in a society, I only have two years ago uh, survey, but two years ago, three out of four seniors graduate without their virginity. Two years ago, 20 plus percent of 15-year-olds were involved in immorality by the time they were 15 years old. Almost 12 hours a day, 11 hours and 40-something minutes a day, the average young people, young person, spends on some form of social media. Almost 12 hours a day. And folks, I want to tell you, this uh, man, I, <laughs> I don't know, I, I know cell phones are a great, advantage to so many people. It's a great advantage to us. I remember, man, I can be at the hospital. Brother Case can be at the hospital, somebody, and they call and say, hey, so-and-so just went to the ER. We were right down there, you know. That didn't used to happen. We used to have to drive back to the church, and then somebody say, oh, well, so-and-so down there. Oh, get in the car and go back down there, you know, and all that. I know all of this stuff can help, but I want to tell you it can be a curse. I'm looking for a boy this morning, a young man. Now, this is not my quote. This is somebody else. I don't know whose it is, but I stole it. I like it. I'm looking for a young man that says, they may be on Facebook, but I'm getting my face in the book. Amen? I'm looking for a young man that says, they may be living 
wickedly, but I want to live righteously. I'm looking for a young lady this morning that'll say, they may be dressing like they're trying to sell something, but I already know I've been bought by the blood of Jesus. We need young people like that. Don't Listen, don't cut our young people short. That's what's wrong right now. We've babied them and pampered them so much. Man, they, hmm. I'm looking for a marriage that would say, I don't want to be mediocre. I don't want to be average. I want to thrive. He said, bid me come. Lord, if it's really you, if it's really you, do you want to be a better soul winner this year? I do. We're getting ready to blast off with grow. I think it's going to be the greatest thing this side of heaven to reach people for Jesus. These buildings and all are great, but I want to tell you all these things are are tools to reach people for Jesus. That's all they are. If that building burns down, oh my God, help me. If that thing burns down, we're going to meet tomorrow under a tree somewhere. And we'll keep on going. We'll keep on going. You see, our problem in our churches is we've gotten satisfied with the status quo, with the everyday Christianity. I want me some of that. You've got to have a passion to want it. The reason more is not being done for the kingdom of God, we don't want to do more for the kingdom of God. Well, that didn't get, let me get the second one. Maybe you'll like it better. The orders are here. He said, come. Woo. He said. I said, he said. Wasn't a preacher. Wasn't a television evangelist. It wasn't Dr. Phil. It wasn't Oprah. It wasn't the internet. It wasn't some good friend. He said, he said, Lord, if thou be the Lord, bid me come. And he said, come. <laughs> I'm thinking old Peter's thinking to himself, I'd love to walk on. I don't even know anybody that's walked on water. I've never done it myself. I, I, I can't pull this off on my own. But Lord, if you're really God, if thou be God, you see, all I need to know, and old Peter's saying the same thing, all I need to know in my life is this, this man, this man, is he the one that turned water into wine? Is he the one that took dumb men and made them intelligent again? Is this man the one that took the lame men and made them walk and the deaf men and made them hear and the blind man and made them see? He took a man with a withered hand and restored it. He touched the leper and made him clean. He put a demoniac back in his right hand. That man walking, not my daddy, not my mama, not my granny, not some great preacher I love. If you're the same God who parted the Red Sea, if you're the same God who made the dead come back to life, listen to me this morning, I won't be ugly. I don't need Southern Baptist. I don't need fundamental Baptist. I don't need some theology experiment or anything. All I need to know is that man called me. What you need to know is, is that man calling you? And what does he want you to do? Not what the preacher wants you to do. I can tell you what I want you to do. I want you to go home and don't drain every bit of your savings, but just take about 50% of them, put them in the building for eternity. 
And this not only will this building be paid for, do you know what this church could do? Currently, we're paying 14000 plus a month on interest, retire, on debt retirement. And if this building's finished and it's not paid for, we're probably going to double that right at it. Have you thought about what we could do if we had an extra $30,000 in this church a month? And I'll tell you right now, the preacher ain't going to get a raise. Y'all are paying me too much already. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about how many more lives could we change? How many more people could we feed? How many more kids could we pick up? How many more homeless people can we help? How many more people can we win to the Lord if we had $30,000 a month extra? When you come to church, whose voice are you listening to? He said, the winds are blowing. The boat's rocking, the waves are crashing, and out of the boat steps old Peter. Can you imagine? Listen, the waves are still hitting the side of that boat. That thing's still rocking up and down. I'm sure there's thunder and lightning in a storm like that. And out of that boat steps old Peter. You see, when you walk with Jesus, ain't nothing like you ever had before. This choir this morning, wow. They didn't drum up trying to praise the Lord. They didn't swing things up with enthusiasm. You see, what we need this morning is something you can't buy at Walmart. I know that's hard for you to believe. We don't need. He, he walked on water for one reason. He had his eyes on Jesus. He totally placed his faith in Jesus. He was doing what had never been done before. And some of you sitting in this place this morning said, Preacher, you're living in a pipe dream. Ain't no way in the world we're going to raise a million and a half dollars. It ain't never been done before. It might not ever been done before, but I want to tell you, I'm looking for a group of people that says, I want some of that. Some of you have been saved so long. The sad thing is if Jesus walked off and left you, you wouldn't know it. You'd keep on doing what you're doing because what you're doing is in the flesh. We're talking about walking by faith. I, I promise you something. I can't promise you a whole lot, but let me promise you this. When old Peter got out of that boat and started walking on water, he knew it wasn't Peter. Huh? Boy, when he, whoo, when them waves are coming, oh, he knew it wasn't Peter. He knew that. When you stood up in choir this morning, did you know it wasn't you? When you stood up to teach your life group this morning, did you know it wasn't you? Or was it? Or was it? Let me move on to this third thing. We've got to hurry. The kids are going to be in here in a minute. Just because you walked on water doesn't mean you always will. Now, Peter put that on his resume. I walked on water. So what? He never did another time. 
just because you stayed up don't mean you won't go down. Many spend their entire life talking about what they used to be, what they used to do. Would you please hush? I, I remember talking about, well, now, now listen to me. I'm going to make some of you mad, but I'm going to go ahead and say it anyway. I'm not talking about people who got to the age that can't do it. One of the hardest things I'm facing right now is not being able to do what I used to do. I will tell you, it drives me up the wall. I'm not talking to you who've reached that age where you can't do what you used to do. I'm talking to you who got to the stage where you won't do it. It's not that you got to the age where you can't. It's you got to the stage in your life where you won't. Man, I used to, whoa, did Jesus send a forwarding address? Who moved? I used to do, well, then who moved? What's going on? There he is. The Bible says, but when he saw, when he saw, what did he see? (laughs) He saw the waves and the wind. He saw the boat rocking. Now listen, there's a two fundamental positive outcomes on this statement. You can only walk on water when you put your eyes on Jesus. That's positive. But here's the other thing. You'll only sink if you take your eyes off Jesus. In East Texas language, Whatever got you to doing it, when you stop doing it, it'll keep you from doing it. I need to say that again because you didn't understand that. I'm, I'm not understood. I'm not sure I understood that. Whatever got you to where you were walking by faith and trusting the Lord, when you keep, when you quit doing that, then you'll quit trusting the Lord and walking by faith. Oh, preacher, I. <clears throat> I stopped serving God because my job got tough. Money got scarce. The flesh is wicked. My favorite one out of all of it, young people won't understand it, but us old folk do, the devil made me do it. Flip Wilson. Some of you used to walk on water and now you're sinking. And when Peter stepped out of the boat, the storm was raging the waves were crashing, the wind was howling, the boat was rocking. He didn't even see it was blowing. Why? Because he had his eyes on Jesus. He stepped out of the boat. You see, when you see Jesus like you're supposed to, he'll blind your eyes to all this other nonsense and junk going on around you. But when you start focusing on this nonsense and junk going on around you, It'll blind you to Jesus. Preacher, pray for me that I'll get back like I was. You ain't going to get back like you was. You need to change your mind. The, 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 the scripture, before you say anything rough, listen to me. This is a joke or a fake the storm got tougher 
and harder. So Peter sank. That's not what the scripture says. See, that's what we say. You, you sit here. The, the reason he sunk is because his focus changed. You sit here all morning and say, you're going to do more for God when your storm gets easier. Preacher, when I get through this, when it's all over with, when things doesn't, uh, they get back to normal, that's hogwash. He doesn't want you to do good in the, after the storm. He wants you to do your best in the middle of the storm. not being ugly, but we've got a generation today that we've raised. It's our fault. They're analytical, cynical, entitled. You buy them something and they say, well, is there something else? I mean, I shave my legs for this. Is this all there is? Is this all there is? Huh? We've got that going on all around us. We, we look at somebody and say, boy, he's a smart guy. He just took off. He's going to be great in life. It depends on where his eyes are. Because in a little while, if he's not focused on Jesus, he's going to sink. You say, preacher, you're being judgmental. No, I'm not. I'm just telling you up front. Uh, I, 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 the, the flesh is wicked. The rain is hard. The waves are high. And if you're not focused on Jesus, you're going to end up sinking. So, I've determined to just let the devil blow both barrels. Let the world give me its best shot because greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. No weapon formed against me. I mean, I can sit here and quote scripture. I'm telling you, when we're in the battlefield, when we're going all out for Jesus, when we say, I want some of that, Lord Jesus... Don't expect the devil to sit back and say, well, I'm so glad you're serving the Lord now. Let me, let me close. Peter's in trouble. I'm thankful he's not Southern Baptist. Somebody have to make a motion that we have a committee. And then that committee would have to get its members together. And then we, I mean, it may be six weeks out in the front. No, you know what Peter did when he got in trouble? He went right to the source. Help me, Lord. That's what he did. <laughs> I'm in trouble. Listen, if you want to know, I, 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 I think probably I'm talking to a lot of preachers here. I don't know, uh, Dr. Crisp, if you'd agree with this or not, but I think you probably would. One of the most frustrating things in life as a pastor is trying to deal with people who are living in denial. How you doing? Oh, I'm doing all right. I mean, water coming out of their eyes, water coming out of their nose. They can't breathe. They can't even hardly get the words out. But no, I'm all right. No, you're not all right. Your marriage is gone to pot. Your children your mind, you used to enjoy giving. You don't even give. The joy of the Lord has left you. And it's not because of your troubles. It's not because your husband or wife left you. It's not because your kids are stressing you out. It's not because you went bankrupt. It's because you stopped looking at Jesus like you used to look at Jesus. If God's going to pull you out of the water, you're going to have to admit you need help. I mean, you hear the Lord? 
son, can I help you? Uh, no, I'm all right. Mm-hmm. Well, well, here, let me help. No, I'm all right. Mm-hmm. Well, you got to admit you got a problem. You got to admit you got problems that you can't say. Stop looking around and saying, boy, they really needed that sermon. I'm going to get a tape. We don't even do tapes anymore. I'm going to get a tape for so-and-so. They needed to hear that. No, you need to hear this. That's why God got you up this morning. That's why God got you in this place this morning. That's why you're here and, and you need this. Stop praying for God to save others when you're the one that needs to be saved. I'm not talking about salvation. Here's the thing that just make a backslidden Baptist want to shout. (laughs) When Peter couldn't get to Jesus, Jesus got to Peter. (laughs) When Peter said, oh, Lord, I need help. I can't get to you. Jesus got to him. I'll tell you this morning, if, if we'll call on Jesus, he'll get to us. Now, I love this part. Verse 33, they that were in the ship came and worshiped him, saying, of a truth, thou art the Son of God. Whew. I believe this morning with all my heart, the Lord's waiting on some of us to call. And he said, Lord, if you'd bid me come, and he said, come, come. You may need a church home. You may need to know what God wants you to sacrifice to give in just a few moments. We're going to have our first giving service for Building for Eternity in 2020. We're going to walk down and place our offerings here. You say, well, I didn't bring anything. Then dump your purse, whatever you got. Put it all right there. You don't have to leave your credit card. Just leave the information with your ID number on the back. That's all I need. Every one of us have to have a part in this. Just one other thing now, and I'm through. God help us to not get to heaven. And God said, I wanted to bless that church, but you were a member of it. And because you wouldn't get your heart right, I held back. You say, preacher, you're trying to put a guilt trip. I wish I could. If you're here this morning and your heart's not in tune with God, you need to get it in tune with God. My soul, don't let it ever come to even your thought that maybe I'm the reason. God's not blessing like I, like he wants to. It's the fourth watch of the night. It's dark. Jesus is getting ready to come back. It's the last watch before the sun comes up. What do you need to do? To say, Lord, I want some of that. I want some of that. I'm not talking about becoming a crazy church. Listen, don't. I'm not saying we're not going to start 
swinging from the chandelier. We don't have any chandeliers, but we're not going to start swinging from the rafters or anything. And I'm, I'm not talking about any of that. I'm talking about getting in the presence of Jesus. Lord, if it's really you, if it's really you, bid me come. Bid me come. Father, thank you this morning. Oh, God for the example that Peter gives us. Lord, I pray this morning there be somebody in this church that would slip out and come to this altar and say, Lord, I want in on that. I want you to use me. I want, if you're really the son of God, Lord, bid me come. I want to do more. I want to give more. I want to be more than I've ever been before. And I know I can't do it on my own. I know I don't deserve it. I know I'm not a favorite. But I'm trusting you. Your authority. If you are the Son of God, bid me come. And he said, come. Stand with me. Brother Aaron, lead.